0: This is the Woodland Hills Family Church podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. All right. Good morning. Welcome to Woodland Hills Family Church. Glad you're here. Welcome to all of our guests, all of those here in the castle over at the chapel. All of those outside. What a beautiful morning. Let's hear outside. Let's see if we can hear outside. All right, way to go. And over in the lobby, glad you're here. To all of those tuning in online, Welcome. As part of our worship every week, we take an offering. Uh, we celebrate generosity. We want to be cheerful givers and there's four ways that you can give today. Offering boxes located in the foyer. Go to the church center app, hit give online now at woodhills.org or text any amount to 84321. Uh, and right now at 10 over in the gathering place, there's a group. I'd say there were 75, uh, 80 people in there learning about the trip to Kenya. Uh, this coming summer, so we're grateful for what uh, your generosity continues to support, uh, even in missions around the world. So today, we're starting a three-part series on intentional parenting, and if you have kids at home, this is for you. If you're like, we don't have kids, our kids are grown, well, you need to know you are part of a church that cheers on the next generation of parents. We want to be a church that cheers on Uh, parents as they raise their children to follow Jesus. And today we're going to talk about uh, the greatest influence in the life of your child. And I'm here to tell you, mom and dad, it's you. And next week, we're going to talk about two combined influences, the church and parent together uh, and working together. And then in the final week, we're going to talk about doing life with your teen and adult child. Now, when our kids were very small, uh, every now and then, Amy would leave them in my care alone. And uh, she trusted me, but she always gave me a lot of instructions. I mean, pages of instructions. I mean, you drop a kid one time and your wife's like, hey! You know, so... uh, There's a dad online that I love following because he's a graphic artist. And so he uses Photoshop uh, to send his wife some pretty crazy pictures... Of pretty scary moments with his child, uh, he's got time on his hands. But some of them he didn't have the doctor. So, like I always would say this too, when you leave, you know, Corinne or Carson with me when they were small, I'm going to make sure they're fed. And this dad did the same thing. He made sure the kid was taken <laughs> care of. Even his face says this guy doesn't know what he's doing right here. And then they go outside to play. And this, is, we need to get back to this, dads. If you want to raise resilient children, you have to put them in dangerous situations. We need to get back to this parenting from the 80s right here. I miss this dad right here. I don't know if you can tell, but he's got a baby on his lap. And all four of them are screaming, we're having a good time, we're having a good time. This may be a little too much, but I'm open to try it if you think skydiving with your baby would work. Here's all we know. And if you believe this, say amen. Parenting ain't for wimps. Parenting ain't for wimps. Our friend Kevin Lehman says, I have seen the enemy and they are small. (laughs) So today as we launch into intentional parenting, a friend of mine, Doug Fields, uh, wrote a great book called Intentional Parenting. And this was one of the quotes out of his book that I love. Good parenting doesn't just happen. You will need to be intentional and think through what values you want your children to have, decide how to model those values consistently, and make a plan for how to best shape the precious lives under your care. And we say it all the time at this church. Our children see everything, they hear everything, they forget nothing, and then they repeat. Mom and dad, you are the greatest influence in the life of your child. They have a front row seat. To your marriage, to your life, to your faith, to your phone calls, to your driving, to the way you talk about what happens today on the way home from here. They see how you behave in parking lots and in stores. They have a front row seat and they're taking it all in. And this church has always been about helping parents steward that influence well. And then as a church, we come alongside you and want to echo what you are teaching your children. So we're going to look at several passages uh, in, in this morning's message that are key to us for, for parenting. And the first one is Genesis 2.24 that a lot of people see as a marriage verse, but we also see it as a parenting verse because it starts with, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. We'll leave physically, we'll leave relationally, we'll leave emotionally, we'll leave financially in order to be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. We've been teaching this verse to our kids since they were very small. And you could ask my son Carson when he was five years old, what's your dad's definition of maturity according to Genesis 2.24? And Carson would go, I will not be with mom and dad forever, so plan accordingly. That's right. (laughs) And we want every parent at Woodland Hills saying this to your children on a regular basis. We love you. You're a welcomed addition to this home, but you're not the center of it. We love you. You're a welcomed addition to this home. You're not the center of it. And your mom and I, we got big plans after you leave. Our kids would look at us at five, seven years old and be like, well, what are you going to do? Well, first of all, we're going to Disney World. That's how we're going to kick the whole thing <laughs> off. We are for eradicating the kid-centered home. And it's a blessing to your marriage, and it's a blessing to your children. To know that, yes, we love you. You're a welcomed addition. But our responsibility is to raise you to one day leave. And our prayer is that you will leave with the relationship with Christ Jesus and the responsibility necessary for work and for relationships. This verse is actually teaching us something very important, that the bond between a husband and wife is to be stronger. It's actually glue-like. It's a covenant relationship. It's stronger than the bond between a parent and a child. They're not to be with us forever. I don't have children at home anymore. I have young adult children. And I now am an influence in their life, but I don't have control over their lives. And and I just, I know, I, for me, the relationship has changed. I have a married daughter. We have a great relationship, but it's a different relationship. Emotionally, it's different. I've taught my kids that, you know, when you're married and so you have a good day, dad is no longer your first phone call. It's your spouse. When you have a bad day and need to work through things, it's your spouse. When you can't figure out, Corinne, how to fix something around the house, ask him first. (laughs) He can borrow my tools, but give him a shot at it. Right? Because the relationship changes. We get the leaving home physically. Sometimes we struggle with the leaving home relationally and emotionally. We love the leaving home financially, But we need to understand this today, and this affects everyone across this campus, that parenting is for a season. That's why Stephanie had the the marble jars. I brought my marble jar today. Uh, This is Carson's, our last child, and you can tell it's empty. It's empty, and so I'm at the bottom here. All I have is influence. All I have is influence. Our kids, when we uh, got to the last marble... It was on their 18th birthday, and we would take them somewhere special to eat. And I'd pull that last marble out. and I'd put it in my pocket, and I'd have an honor list prepared. I'd have a blessing that I was going to speak over them as, as I declared them adults fully. We did this when they were much younger, but it's like, you're ready to go. I'm launching you, and I remember we were at Corinne's special dinner, and Amy had the marble in her purse, and and I go, it's time, it's time. It was between entree and dessert, and Amy hands me the marble, and I'm getting ready to speak this emotion. I'm already crying. I'm emotional blessing over my daughter. She takes the marble out of my hand, puts it back in my wife's purse, and says, we're not doing this right now. (laughs) But I think this leaving home is where a lot of parents make the mistake. I'm going to be their parent for a lifetime, but I'm just no longer parenting. And, and I don't know if you noticed, I, you know, Stephanie's now giving jars out that are like this big. I don't know what happened to her budget. We may need to talk about that. But we used to give out these massive jars because something else these jars teach us, and every parent can say amen to this, the days go slow, but the years go fast. I just leaned over to my friend right here during that sad song leading into baby dedication and uh, not even married yet. But I said, you're going to be a dad before you know it. You're going to be at their high school graduation before you know it. Because Kenny Chesney says, don't blink. (laughs) Because just like that, you have them, you raise them, and they're gone. We know the days go slow, but the years go fast. And so today we start by celebrating what God's called us to do as parents, raising children to leave home. But in that, we can have some struggles and some tendencies we need to keep in check as a parent. One of the things we tend to do in this process of leaving home, we tend to accelerate childhood milestones, then delay adulthood milestones. Zero to ten years old, what do we tell our kids? Go, 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 run, 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 faster, faster, faster. Commercials like, my baby can read. Parents get competitive over potty training. And, and I just want to encourage parents, it's going to go fast enough. And this pushing our kids, I remember Corinne used a binky till she was four years old. We got the looks, we got the judgment from people. I want to remind parents today as we launch into this series, you're under no obligation to explain or defend your parenting choices. We let her, we let her use her binky. I told her, you remember Barbie Jeeps, That when, now you can get anything, you, any vehicle you can imagine now is in kid form, but we had like the Gator and the Jeep was all we had when our kids were small. And I said, I'm going to buy you a Barbie Jeep if you get rid of that thing. And she chose that over the Barbie Jeep. Until one day she walked over in the kitchen to our garbage can, opened it up, and I saw her just standing there. She pulled it out and looked at it and threw it away. And we got a Barbie G. People still to this day, I can't believe you let her use a binky till she was four. Listen, she can't pronounce her S's. But she's excelled in a lot of other areas, and I'm (laughs) proud of her. You should be proud of your kids. Stop comparing your kids there. But we do this with unless it's just parents that are like, get our kids to grow up. Because guess what happens around 10, 11, 12 years old? Engines placed in your child by Almighty God kick in, called individualization and separation. Genesis 2.24 has kicked in at that age, whether you know it or not. They begin backing away from mom and dad. Why? They start picking their own friends. They wanna dress themselves. They wanna make decisions for themselves. They start pushing away and when mom and dad feel that, this is when they start to freak out. And they move from go, 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 run, 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 faster, 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 we started your professional sports career when you were five and now we're gonna get you going. And then they start taking off and what do we say as parents? Whoa, 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 slow down. You're going too fast, you don't need a full-time job, you're only 27 and a half. bring it down a notch what are the adulthood milestones leave home, finish school get a job, get married, start a family these are just traditional relationship you know, adulthood milestones and the seniors in this room finish those five milestones in a very short period of time if not in the same week like it was fast your parents said go, get out, get it started you got a job, you got married you got pregnant on the honeymoon it was like man, well, here we go But now what we tell kids is slow down. If you read the scripture, there's only two seasons of life in the Bible, childhood and adulthood. In 1904, we created the term adolescence. I don't fight against adolescence. I know we have counselors in our church. I go to the American Association of Christian Counselors every year, and they come at my throat when I start preaching about adolescence. But I will till till the Lord calls me home, and as long as I have breath in me, I'm going to preach against prolonged adolescence. Where we just stretched out these milestones and we told our kids, slow down, you don't need to grow up. And many of them aren't even entering into these now until their 30s. And, and, we, and we, we have to get away from this. It, it's so stretched, this gap between childhood and adulthood called adolescence is growing so large. One UCLA professor want, wanted to add a gap called youthhood between adolescence and adulthood. But there's something better to do. What can we do? We and this is another tendency we have as parents: we give our children too much privilege and not enough responsibility. And I we're all guilty of this. So we're not. If there's no guilt trips today, this, the, the, this message series is not about going on a guilt trip. But we give privilege, 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 and this is what moves us into the adulthood milestones. And it starts early on. So we got summer camp coming up. We got trips people want to take we got activities that your teenager is going to want to get involved in this summer. And and we'll start hearing it from parents. How do we pay for this? How do we pay for this? I get to explain to you today about a program in Branson. For some of you, you've already participated in. Others, it's brand new, and I'm excited to announce it. But it will pay for your child's summer camp to passion. It will pay for whatever trip or activity they want to do this summer. And I'm excited about this program. It's called a job. (laughs) J O B a job so before you call and ask me to pay for it I want you to know I already got a job before I get another job to pay for your activity I would like you to have one and let me tell you this town has plenty of opportunities for young people to have money don't be afraid of a job don't be afraid of it some of you are like this you know Ted just turned it into that get off my lawn guy I don't, I, I truly don't want to go there. But Doug Fields and Jim Burns, in the, the last week, my friend Jim Burns wrote a great book called Doing Life with Your Adult Child, and that we're going to use some of that in the last message. But he, he's the president of Homeward, and I, I agree with what he says here. No teen will become a responsible adult if their parents carry the load for them. Help them. Help them figure it out, great. But give them the responsibility. If you want to do this, I think that's great. If you want a car, that's awesome. We can help you but but we're going to need you to carry your load on this. We need you to get after it. One of the biggest mistakes we make as parents is treating our children like children right up until the very day we expect them to be adults. I see this at college. You see this at college. You know, if maybe if you went to college freshman year, parents who were control, 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 drop their child off in a dorm and this kid loses their mind because they don't know what to do. Mom has got them up every morning. Dad, you know, takes care of everything and meals are prepared and and I mean, and now they're on campus. My son's a freshman at Liberty. This is horrible and this is is gonna be my only get off the lawn moment I have today. Uh, But my absolute favorite page is the Liberty University parents Facebook page. And I love it for all the wrong reasons. Because it's this principle right here. I get on there, you, and I, I don't troll, but if I were to become a troll, it'd be on that page right there. Be like, mom and dad, I got some news for you. Shut up. Leave them alone. I mean, I, you, you read it. I mean, a mom gets on there panicking. Oh, he woke up with a headache this morning. Who do I call? I got to who do I get somebody? I'm like, you didn't leave your kid with a leave? Just a bottle of a leave in their dorm room? Oh, I got to get somebody. No, you don't. Leave him alone. Let him grow up. There will be breadcrumbs to the dining hall so he can find his way there. He'll be fine. Back off. Get off. My son will call me every now and then. It's not as much as it used to be, but he'll call with a question. But it's really more he's asking permission to do something. And I'm like, bro... I'm not making that decision. That's your decision to make. You know what he says to me? And I just love it. He goes, oh, don't you dare put this on me. (laughs) Don't I dare. I absolutely put this on you. This is all on you. If you have a headache, if your tummy hurts, I got you two bottles of Pepto. That's what it's for. Why are you calling me? But the parents get on there. Oh, this professor said some mean things to my Let your kid work it out. I love when I heard that colleges were no longer allowing parents to call anyone on campus in the administration or in the school. I was like, thank you, Father in heaven. Let your kid go work it out. Because we know, well, here's what we do. I'm going to back it off now. That was my, I just, that felt so good. (laughs) We create environments for our children to succeed rather than teaching them to succeed in environments we can't control. We all do this, right? Your kids are here at church today. They didn't pick this church. Well, some of them did, but you did. You picked their schools. You picked their church. You picked their neighborhood. You, know, you picked the town that they live in. Many of you moved here recently after the pandemic. I mean, you're creating environment, but, but what about preparing our children in environments we can't control? What about your fourth grader coming home going, I don't like the teacher? We'll get you a new one. So you call the principal. And I'm not, you know I'm not talking about some toxic or abusive, you know I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, again, I grew up in a time where my parents always sided with the teacher. I mean, and it was ridiculous. There were times I'm like, are you ever going to listen to me? No. (laughs) Your teacher's right, you got a mouth. And you're running it all the time. Shut it. But nowadays it's like, but Let me just ask you, wouldn't it be better with a fourth grader in a difficult homeroom or with a teacher for you? Now you get to spend, mom and dad, this is the joy. This is to me the joy of parenting. You get to now walk alongside that child for a year teaching them how to deal with a difficult person. You know why that's important? The chances. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they're likely to have a difficult boss one day. They're likely to have a difficult neighbor one day. They may have a difficult... Pastor, at some point, <laughs> but you instead of rescuing them from that, right? Because that's what the trophy parent does, and what the the rescue parent does. We're constantly rescuing our children from all hurt, pain, and loss. When, when instead, maybe we walk alongside that with them. See, parenting is a journey from control to influence, and and all I've got left is influence. And you want to squander the influence? Take back control. This is why I get passionate about that. I, I don't I I love the parents that are that are seeking help for their child. how do I get my child in a new this or a new that? And with a new person with them and, and, and at the college level, I'm just like, mom and dad, it's time for you to back off here so you can have this. You're you're just too much. You're too much. And that's why we come to now the influence, and this is the text. What's the most important influence in the life of a child? And what do we want them to have written on their hearts? If you've been around here for Sometime, You know, this is like the mission statement for our marriage, family, children's ministry here at Woodland Hills. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's verse 4. And verse 4 has four truths. There is a God. There is only one God. He is the Lord, and He is our Lord. I want my children to have written on their heart... There is a God, there's only one God. He is the Lord, he is our Lord. Verse five, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. I want them to know there is a God, there's only one God, he is the Lord, he's our Lord, and in this home, we love the Lord. Because verse six says, here's where it starts. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Mom and dad, it starts with you. What's on your heart will find its way onto the hearts of your children. Why? Because our children are watching, listening, remembering and repeating. If you want them to have a love for Jesus, do you have a love for Jesus? If you want to have a love for the church, do you have a love for the church? This is what intentional parenting is all about. Because verse 7 gives us, how do you take from what's on your heart and get it onto the hearts of your children? It says, impress them on your children. Well, how do you impress something on your child? Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, what we learned from Deuteronomy chapter 6 Mom, Dad, you are the primary author of your child's heart. You're the greatest influence. And you get to write messages on the hearts of your children. Now the church, and we'll talk more about this next week, but want to introduce it here. The church is an additional voice. Stephanie often will say a voice that echoes what what you are teaching at home. So it's why we come alongside to encourage and equip parents in this responsibility. We, when our kids were small, we started these family devos. Uh, I wrote them, and Stephanie Watson, who's now been with us for, I think it's right at 20 years at this church as our family ministries director, she did all the graphics on this series. I call it Hooked on Phonics for the Bible. It's the A to Z series. And we know this, since the pandemic uh, on a, on campus today, if we have 25, 2600 people, at least a thousand, if not more, are brand new since the pandemic. And so we haven't taught this since 2019. So uh, if you have this set for your family, let me just see your hands. Let me just see across the campus. Okay, if you do not have this set and you have preschoolers, toddlers, elementary age at home. Okay, so here's what you're going to do. When you leave here today, if you do not have a set and have that age group, they're going to be stacked up back there uh, at the Welcome Center. Go by. It's our gift to you today. We want you to have it. How old are your kids? Ten and eight. Ten and eight. Perfect. Eight, boy, girl? Boy. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Here's how, here's how simple this gets. We did kids' devotional Bibles and the children's Bible. We did them, I mean, many of them, and then we repeated them, and I finally one night looked at Amy and said, if I see one more picture of Noah petting a zebra, uh, I'm going to stab myself in the neck with a fork. I said, I... And I said, just because our kids can learn so much more, and I felt like we covered a lot, but there was so much more to cover. That's why we created these. We went into the scripture and found critters and nature just to teach more, a lot about what we're talking about today, but to get into the hearts of our children. And so, if you'll start every night with A, and then go up to the next letter, within a couple of months, an 8- and a 10-year-old, for sure, is going to have 26 passages of scripture memorized quick, because the A, as you probably picked up from the J-O-B conversation, uh... Hard work, go to the ant you sluggard, consider his ways and be wise. And we would talk about hard work a little bit. The bee, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, healthy to the body. And we would talk about honor, esteeming each other as highly valuable as a family. Family. Uh, the camel, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. And we would talk as a family about less stuff. Why do we get to a place sometimes where we love stuff more than Jesus? This was my son's favorite when he was small, the dog, as a dog returns to its Vomit so a fool repeats its folly. And I'd love to ask my kids when they're small, do we allow mistakes in the Cunningham home? Yes, we do. What do we try to avoid at all costs? Making the same mistake over and over again. When we were on a canoe once in Taneycomo, and again, I don't carry these, you know, in my back pocket, uh, but we we talked about them at home, and it carried with us throughout the day. I'll never forget being on a canoe uh, on Taneycomo, this side of the Powersite Dam, and we're canoeing out, and an eagle flies over, and it the eagle is Isaiah 40, 31 from our series, and Carson looks at it and like a mighty morphin Power Ranger goes, Unlimited power! And I went, Yes! <laughs> They're getting it. It's in their heart. So tonight, the eight year old. So tomorrow, you can start with A and work up and do the system as you sit at home, as you walk along the way. But tonight, just for fun, uh, I want you to start with the V. I want you to tuck him in, get him all comfortable pull out the V in our series and and read for him Proverbs thirty seventeen. The eye that mocks a father, that scorns an aged mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley. <laughs> and will be eaten by the vultures. Night-night, buddy. All right, you... <laughs> Sleep good for mommy right. but you, you got to read it right before he dozes off this is the talk time having your eyes pecked out by ravens and eaten by vultures is a word picture for death not listening to your parents making fun of your dad treating your mom as your servant will cause you much pain as an adult the Bible's very clear we're supposed to honor our parents even after we leave home. It's the first commandment with a promise. God gives us parents to prepare us for life in the world. When you listen to their instruction, it helps you throughout your entire life. So that's just tonight. I have parents from around the country, they say, we keep the V on the refrigerator. <laughs> and uh, Because the main point is respect for parents. And when the kids are messing up, we tell them, go get the V. And uh, so that's a set. If you do not have that set, that's our gift. Uh, For you today. And here's what Doug Field says about this being the voice. Children will hear a lot of voices during their growing up years. But your words will be the loudest. When you go to 2 Timothy. I love the words Paul shares with Timothy. To remind him of his family of origin. And to me it's Deuteronomy 6. Jumping off the page in a real life story. He says in chapter 1, verse 5 to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, it was in her heart first, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. When you get to chapter 3, Paul tells Timothy, don't quit, don't stop. This is a lesson for the teens in here, for the young adults in here. All that your parents have poured into you, read this, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. This faith has become your own because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures. Mom and Dad, it is never too early to start teaching your kids the Bible. That's why I love these. I have parents that get these cards. Their kids can't even talk yet, but they just want them seeing the pictures that when they start talking... And when they start walking, they're able to now read the scripture and then get into the talk time and ask the questions. But here's the key which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Mom and dad, you're going to be bombarded this week, as you have been your your entire child's life, with non essentials. This is essential. Faith in Christ Jesus. This church cheers you on as you lead your children to faith in Christ Jesus. Listen, binkies, when you potty train the kid, when they start reading... Public school, private school, Christian school, when do I get them a cell phone? When do I allow them on a tablet? How long should they be on a tablet? When should they start dating? When do they get a job? All of these are questions I know you have to answer and work through, but don't let those crowd out the most important thing. What's the most important thing, Ted? Faith in Christ Jesus. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. And this is our prayer for you in this series. And I know there are parents in here right now, you're like me, you have nothing but empty marble jars. Your kids are raised. And this series, and today's message is not at all about taking you on a guilt trip. That is not what we do at this church. We, we know this, when it comes to our kids, we take too much credit and too much blame for the way our children turn out. My friend Ron uh, Deal at Family Life, he's kind of the expert over uh, blended family. He says this, God's design for the home is perfect, and it is. But the homes of God's people, however, have never been, nor do I suspect ever will be perfect. And mom and dad, we don't want you to go on the guilt trip. We want you to know that you have influence now as a grandma, as a grandpa, as a mom, dad of adult children. So here's what we're going to ask. Delete... ...the narrative that repeats, it's too late and it's my fault. That's not helping you. It's not helping anyone. Now, if you need to confess sin, repent, ask an adult child for forgiveness... ...I encourage you to do that. I've done this with my young adult children, something I say or do. I, I have those moments. But some of you are like, my kids are raised, I didn't know any of this. We haven't talked about this. No one in our church growing up discipled us on how to be parents... We never walked through that. I wish I could go back. We hear this about marriage all the time too. I wish we would have had this. I wish I would have known this in my first marriage. Listen, listen. This isn't This isn't what we're doing. Stop feeding your regrets. And ask Jesus to redeem your remaining days. You have influence. Why? Because your children and your grandchildren, they're still watching. They're still listening. I, I, was, I was kind of just blown away by it at Christmas, sitting at... At my family table at Christmas time, and two sets of parents on one end, my adult children, one now married on this end, and just any conversation that would start, just watching my adult children watch how I respond to things and what I say, watching what their grandparents say and respond to things. I'm just telling you, they may be in their 20s and 30s, they're still watching, they're still listening, they're still remembering. Don't don't feed your regrets. Ask Jesus to redeem your remaining days as we move through this series. I I want to encourage, we've received a lot of questions and we're going to answer many of them next week. Very heavy questions. Uh, Some of the first questions we received, uh, gut-wrenching. And we're going to get into those a little more next week. But if you have questions about parenting or something going on at our church and you would like more information... Uh, we, we know you're probably not the only one asking that question, so if you wouldn't mind this week, send an email to hello at woodhills.org and ask your question. It could be about something in the home. We wrestled with whether or not to share this because it's kind of to end on this, but the first question I received last week was from a grandmother saying, what should a grandparent do if they know their grandchild is being abused? And I'll be honest, I just, I, I mean, it just kind of, that was the first question, and uh I just want to answer that now, and we'll answer it and get more detail next week, but you need to immediately call the hotline. If you think your child, grandchild is in danger, get your grandchild to safety, and I'm going to use the word immediately. And a lot of times, grandchildren are not protected because grandparents are worried about their relationship with their adult child. Listen, the safety of your grandchild is more important than your relationship with your child. So think through the safety and take that responsibility seriously. So I share that to say we, we know there's heavy content in this series as well that we need to deal with, and we will. Uh, so there's no question off limits, so please feel free to, to go to hello at woodhills.org to ask that question. Would you pray with me? Father, uh, this morning, uh, we know as a church there is a God, there's only one God. You are the Lord and you are our Lord. And for that, we are grateful. And we will love you. And we want that on the hearts of every mom and dad, grandma and grandpa in here, finding its way onto the hearts of our children and our grandchildren. I pray for peace in homes right now that are just chaos. Nothing but chaos. Mom and dad are always yelling and screaming. Or mom and dad are neglecting. We know we know a church this size, that what's happening in homes. We pray for the safety of our children. We pray for mom and dads to, to repent where they need to repent. We pray for mom and dads who are doing the best they can and they don't know any better that in this series they would, they would be called by name, that the Holy Spirit would call them by name. For the one right now who listens to a message like this and has nothing but regret and guilt, give them peace of heart and mind today as they seek moving forward for you to redeem their days. Give them great influence in their homes. Influence that they they think back with regret so they don't say anything now moving forward. I pray conversations are opened up. Dialogue between mom, dad, and adult children start taking place. Grandma, grandpa, and grandchildren take place. There are those in here right now heavy thinking about a prodigal child who hasn't spoken to them for years. I pray for a prodigal child in this series to return home. I pray for a parent to find a renewed relationship with a child that's been strained for years. I pray for a child who has no desire, no faith in Christ Jesus to find faith in Christ Jesus during this series. For mom and dad to take their influence seriously as they move from control to the greatest influence in a child's life. We pray all of this in the authority of the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said... Amen. We love you, Woodland Hills. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.